Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, Brewer fans, welcome back to another Brew Crew Review Podcast. Uh, I'm Craig, and joining me today is Scott. How are you doing, Scott? Doing great. Hope everybody's doing great in Brewer world. Um, yeah, and it's been an interesting week here for the Brewers. Um, I guess I will say that even I was out last podcast, but this week we're missing Vince, Chad, and um, our anonymous source, Keith Carter. I, or Tom. Um, Tom C., yeah. Or, yeah. Yep. He's not going to be able to be on either. Um, even though, um, yeah, so I missed our last episode, and I know you guys talked a little bit about the Omar Narvaez trade, which I was also a big fan of. I uh, gave a very little to land him, and uh, I think I would definitely consider him in like the top 12 catchers in baseball. Being there's 30 teams, I think the birds are very well in that. But um, you guys have great analysis about that. I did listen to the podcast, like so many viewers do. And thanks, you once again, for tuning in, everyone who uh, dialed us up today. So we're, we're going to talk about another exciting uh, week for, I guess you, well, I won't call it exciting, but anyway, I, I was very happy with the Brewers offseason up until this week, when it took a little bit of a turn for the worse. Uh, <laughs> you may disagree, Scott, but uh, we'll go over some of the transactions here to start off. Earlier in the week, um, you know, there were still a lot of... I think Brewer fans were a little bit delusional if they thought we were going to be actual players or even put an offer for guys like Steven Strasburg or Garrett Cole, who signed for ridiculous amounts of money. In fact, record-breaking amounts of money for a starting pitcher. And Brewer is a small market team. We're not going to be in on those contracts. In fact, apparently we couldn't even afford someone like Zach Wheeler, who went to the Phillies for, what, five years and $120 million or something like that. Uh, so, again, um, what I did think the Brewers could possibly do, especially after – you know, really getting pillaged through free agency this year. Um, I mean, we lost Mike Moustakis. We lost, we lost Yasmani Grandal. We lost Drew Pomeranz. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, and Jordan a few Lyles. others. And yeah. Jordan Lyles also to the Rangers, two years, 15 million. And so we lost quite a few, quite a lot of talent from our playoff team last year. And I really thought the Brewers, you know, with the money that uh, came off the books, um, I think coming into the, this week, we were something like close to $50 million less of payroll than what we had last year. So I thought we had some money to spend in free agency. Apparently it's not the case. Cause I was really hoping that we could be players for a guy and spe- specifically for a guy like Madison Bumgarner who ended up signing with the Diamondbacks for I think a fairly reasonable five-year, $85 million contract, which also included quite a bit of deferred money that comes out to $17 million a year. I really thought that that was a range that the Brewers could afford. Um, and so there are other guys that are still unsigned, like in the same tier of players like Ryu and Dallas Keuchel that the Brewers might not be in on because we did sign two starting pitchers this week, and I'll, we'll get into that uh, right now. And so basically uh, the first one earlier in the week was – Josh Lindblom, um, a guy that um, former major leaguer that uh, bounced around in relief for a couple of teams, including the Dodgers. And uh, he spent a stint in Korea where he didn't do fair too well. He actually came back to the state, but I believe pitched a little bit for the Pirates pretty horribly, and then ended up back in Korea. Supposedly he's added a pretty effective splitter to his repertoire as a starter. And last year, it was very successful in Korea, um, including winning their version of the Cy Young Award and MVP last year. So let's start by talking about this signing. I do believe there's a little bit of upside there, but it's still, I mean, I'll also point out that the terms of the contract, we did sign for a three-year deal for $9.7 million. So again, a very affordable contract. Um, and it's obviously that our, our our plan to have him as a member of our starting rotation. Um, what are your overall thoughts on this trade, Scott, when you first heard about it? Uh, well, it was, it was definitely an interesting signing. I mean, unfortunately, like I, um, I, I have a fair t- 
to middle and knowledge of the Japanese baseball league, but when you get to Korea, like I, I don't know a lot. So with that in mind, um, I mean, well, let's put it this way. Uh, Anthony Rendon, zero MVPs. Josh Lindlam, one. So uh, pretty good signing there. I mean, considering it's only $3 million a year, right? Um, I'm, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, like, we'll see. I mean, for some reason, the, the first thing I thought of was, like, uh, different – different leagues obviously but like Mike Mikolas was a guy that the Brewers were in on Cardinals wound up signing him and um he's obviously pitched pretty well for them I don't think that uh that Josh is going to have the same success over here but I'm certainly rooting for him and I I hope that he uh could be a mainstay in the rotation but as far as like I mean what's the absolute best you can hope like like a, a number three starter I don't know well to put it in context, I know that the Diamondbacks last year signed a player that uh, started his career in the majors, didn't make it, and went over to Korea and had some pretty good successful seasons over there and then came back just last season and signed with the Diamondbacks. His name is Merrill Kelly. And he put up, I guess I'll say, his acceptable fifth starter numbers for them. Um, I expect about that from Lindblom, um, especially <laughs> – uh, but maybe there's a little bit more upside. He is, I believe, only 31. Uh, but, of course, Merrill Kelly, I believe, was only 28 when he came back to the States last year. I, it's hard for me to see um, a path to success. But, you know, apparently the Brewers have that magic pixie dust that they sprinkle on back-end starters and make them uh, serviceable. So maybe they see something in Lynn Bloom. And, you know, one of their MOs is trying to find someone with their – most effective pitch and having him throw it more. And uh, I, I believe Lindblom is a candidate with that, with his newfound splitter. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm hopeful that signing did not anger me too much, especially I was kind of surprised we actually had to give him a three-year deal out of it, but I mean, he can cut bait with him on one season, eat that much money. It's not a big deal as an organization, 9.7 million over three years. And, and not only that, but it, I mean, it, if he's successful this year, bring him back at just over $3 million a year would be a great bargain, so to speak. So I considered – I knew that the Brewers were going to be doing some bargain bin shopping for starting pitchers, and if they found one they liked, then, you know, save money there and spend it elsewhere, so to speak. So that wasn't totally surprising. I didn't think that they were – I was hoping it would be more like a bargain bin, Julio Tehran or a coming back from injury type guy like a Taiwan Walker or even was kind of hopeful – Michael Waka, maybe, who signed with the Mets, ultimately. But um, instead, I, I kind of consider a little bit more of a dumpster diving for Mr. Lindblom, who has had a career back and forth uh, between countries and whatnot. And maybe his new found success is something that can translate into the majors now, finally, at his age. And if it's with the Brewers, awesome. So, you know, I wasn't too upset with that signing. And I'm hopeful that there's something good that comes out of the signing. And worst case scenario, you can stick them in a bullpen for that amount of money or whatnot. So, um, but that brings us to the signing that did uh, soak my ire, so to speak. And uh, that was and just recently here, the Brewers signed left-handed pitcher Brett Anderson to a one-year $5 million contract. It can be up to $7 million of incentives. Um, he did throw 30 starts for the A's last year and had a decent ERA. He's left-handed. He supposedly has thrown his cutter, one of his best pitches, a little bit more recently, and the Brewers will probably have him focus on that. So I'm hopeful that he can be better than he has been, but he's been very injury-prone and do not like him, do not like the signing. And it also tells me that we're not going to be signing – a better free agent pitcher, which is disheartening, especially with the amount of money we still have in the payroll that's open. But anyway, that's my quick take on it. Scott, what's your feelings about Brett Anderson? Um, much, much like Lindblom, I guess um, both of these guys are, are can be extreme ground ball pitchers with their cutter. Um, so it's it's definitely something where um, if they have that pitch going, they could be really successful. I don't know. Maybe it was something where they met like they mixed in too many of those pitches. Like maybe it's something where uh, they're going to be even more heavily relying on that. Obviously 
Uh, cutter is one of those pitches that really kind of taxes the arm a little bit, but if you're signing these guys to shorter deals, uh, maybe you're not too worried about that. Maybe you're more concerned with the, their individual success and the success of the team. I, I can't say that I expect any of these guys to, you know, to be an ace or anything like that. And I, I could definitely understand um, some of, of your frustration and the frustration of, I guess, all Brewer fans when uh, you look at it. And, and just like you said, I mean, our, our payroll is, yeah, $50 million less than it was last year. Uh, where are they going to spend this money? Like, I mean, it's not like it rolls over from year to year and we're going to say, oh, we're going to spend $200 million next year. It's not going to happen. So with that being said, uh, I mean, it is only December. So I'm hoping that maybe uh, there is going to be like a little bit more of a splash and, and the team starts to uh, kind of, uh, I guess, take shape because we definitely still have like holes at first, holes at third. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the, nobody expects us, like you said, to have like the big splash. I mean, we never do that. And even when we have had a big signing, it, it hasn't usually worked out. It's almost never worked out. But I, I don't know. I, I, I guess at the end of the day, I just have to trust that what Stearns is doing. And, um, you know, I mean, he, he did make the moves late with Yelich and Kane last year. So maybe he's plotting uh, uh, something big down the road. But for now, I, I could see it's, it's hard to be patient, but I, I'm trying to. Well, it's interesting that you should point out that maybe a big splash is coming. I think for, uh, it's almost alarming how different this baseball offseason is compared to last season. Last year, there was no movement in the free agency as of the middle of December last year, like very little to none. And there was a lot of big name free agents that sat out there on the market well into January, well into February, until the Brewers got lucky and you know some guys are still sitting out there with quite a bit of talent, like the Asmani Grandel and Mike Moustakis. And they were able to sign those guys. If you look at the free agents that are still out there now, as they're getting gobbled up on a daily basis, we're getting to the bottom of the barrel. I mean, at this point, I don't like consider me like there's three free agents that I think that are going that are significant free agents that, and two of them are starting pitchers in Ryu and Keiko, which I think that we're going to not sign. Uh, so that leaves with Josh Donaldson uh, as like one of the only marquee free agents that's going to, I would have to pay Dave most likely of a few years and 20 plus million dollars a year. I joke that uh, we kind of delayed starting this podcast like 15 minutes because I wanted to give Josh Donaldson 15 extra minutes to accept the Brewers one year, uh, nine million dollar offer, uh, which is obviously a joke. Uh, but that's, you know, the Brewers are not players in these top free agents. Um, and a lot of it makes sense why we're not. But some of these mid tier guys that were, not not signing like a Madison Bumgarner or Keiko or Ryu is alarming to me that we are, you know, not, we're just going with these retread types. And the thing about Lindblom and Anderson that really bothers me is any time that they take an inning, starting pitching inning away from some of the younger guys that still have some potential like Freddie Peralta or possibly even Corbin Burns, it just, angers me because I think those guys need major league innings to, and they still have a potential to become something um, that is controllable. And here are these guys on short-term deals, especially Anderson, that to me it's there for depth. I guess you can cut bait on them if they totally suck or are injured or whatever. But I mean, it's just a waste of a roster space in some ways because it's going to be taking innings from guys that I think should be getting them. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I think the other – well, I don't know because, I mean, you look at it like a guy like Corbin Burns who um, I, I think we root for more than anybody. I mean, that, this was a guy that was just an absolute dominant reliever. Taylor, uh, Taylor Williams, another one that, like, I thought was going to be like a, have a really good breakout year this year and just absolutely fell apart. Um, so at the same time, like – I can't picture either of those guys being on the major league roster until they, until they get it together. Like we can't give away wins in any way. Um, the NL central is getting uh, better and better. It seems, I mean, we'll, we'll throw Pittsburgh out of the mix uh, as usual, but 
Um, the Cardinals and Cubs are always competitive. Uh, they always have a shot at winning the division. And uh, the Reds have done a great job of building uh, together a really formidable starting rotation. And obviously they stole Moustakas from us. Um, they've done a, they've done a really like they've turned that, that franchise around a little bit in the last couple of years. So, um, I mean, right now on paper, are, are we the fourth best team in the central? I mean, that's, that's scary. Yeah. And some of me, some part of me thinks that perhaps what I'm calling the mid tier free agents that we're missing out on also, even though we have the money, Perhaps the Brewers don't value them as highly, and obviously, or, or they're just losing out on them. You know, you never know the specifics. It, it might be a little like we always speculate. You know, team want to sign to play in Arizona, or it's nice and warm, or here in Milwaukee. Regardless of the competitiveness of the team, I don't know. I, I always think it just comes down to the most amount of money. Uh, so we're just probably not offering the most amount of money, or the length of contract, or whatnot. Or we just don't like the certain guys that are out there this year, and. Perhaps we even looked ahead to next offseason, like, hey, these free agents we're interested in, uh, maybe we shouldn't, you know, break the bank and spend, you know, lock up any of our payroll multi-year deals, so we can have more flexibility next offseason. So, I don't know. I'm just speculating and spitballing at this point. But do you think that there's any chance that Brewers are like willing to make 2020 their 50th or 51st year of the franchise kind of like a slight? that back uh not a rebuilding but like kind of like a reloading year and then you know knowing um beyond this year we still have two more years of yelich and then kind of um really being more aggressive in the next two years or have a like a long-term plan i, I don't know it's just hard for me to see the, the brewers with the amount of talent they lost so, uh, so you know this year in free agency to be able to still recoup that what's out there and so i there's no doubt i think that we're a, a lot worse of a team as it stands right now going into 2020. So I guess what are your thoughts? Well, I guess the, the one big thing that I always look at is like, this is a team where, I mean, we have um, the MVP from the previous year and Christian Yelich, who uh, probably should have been an MVP this year as well. And this is a guy that is the absolute cornerstone of our franchise. And right now, he is slated to become an unrestricted free agent in 2023. So that gives us three seasons left with Yelich, assuming that we can't extend his contract, which I think is, I think it's unlikely for, for us to be able to extend his contract. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it just seems to me like he's going to command so much money that I'm not sure that a market as small as Milwaukee is going to be able to invest uh, that much into it. So I'm not really sure what, what to think of that. That means that we have three seasons. That's basically sort of our window. And I don't think we can afford to take a step back on a year like that. I mean, three seasons is not a lot, especially because you figure that last season, um, if we're not going to be able to resign him, we're probably going to wind up trade him for like some kind of a, a, a large haul. So if that means we really only have two seasons, we have 2020 and 2021. So we definitely can't afford to take a step back. I agree. But one thing to also consider is maybe they're basing their future payroll, including this year, into trying to fit Yelich in the budget and possibly in preparing to making the offer starting maybe next off season where they're like, hey, we'd like to extend you. We'll pay you more in the next two years that you'd get an arbitration, but then, you know, a little bit lesser amount in all the years beyond that, which is probably get free agency and kind of lock him up. You know, it, it he probably, you know, at this point, he probably likes Milwaukee, likes his teammates this far out from free agency. Sometimes you can strike up a deal that makes some, you know, sense and gives that player plenty of security um, going forward. And, and I mean, the Brewers have done this in the past with Braun. And when that happened, it was kind of surprising uh, given the player he was at his age or whatnot. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me that maybe they were kind of saving up for Yelich, so to speak, which I don't know if that makes a ton of sense, but, I mean, Braun is leaving and his contract's out of books after last year, so maybe they're looking to sign Yelich long-term, if at all possible. Um, and if they were to do that, like you're saying, if they commit $30 million a year toward one player in the lineup, that means we're probably not, you know, from the rest, from this point forward, we may always have to fill our rotation with either A, young, controllable guys, or B, 
bottom of the barrel, fifth or fifth, fifth or, you know, fourth or fifth starters who have one really good pitch that we just deal with, so to speak, and then try to have a solid bullpen. I don't know. Yeah, and I, and I think that you can definitely do that with the rotation um, in the regular season where you can get a guy through the order twice and um, and then leave it up to the bullpen. But you have to have a lights-out bullpen in order for that to work. And I, I don't think that we have that anymore. We basically have Josh Hader um, and not much else. I mean, we lost for the moment. I, well, yeah, so Jeremy Jeffers uh, is now a year removed from – from his all-star year, but uh, he's, he's gone. Uh, Burns obviously kind of, well, took a huge step back. So, I mean, I, I don't even know at this point, like who we have in our bullpen that we can rely on outside of hater. Yeah. I mean, hopefully can able bounce the back big. Hopefully. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, here's it, one question. Can the most likely, but yeah, coming off, coming off such a significant injury, like, I mean, I think it would be folly for the Brewers to, to have him penciled in as like, you know, the setup man or the closer for, for this team. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, well, for, well, first of all, I mean, a lot of people didn't want us a non-tender Jimmy Nelson. And they really feel that that 2008 Brewers team that did go to the NLCS, you know, we got there because of the guys like Jimmy Nelson who had a breakout year. And a lot, a lot of people, you know, he went from the beginning of 2008 hardly being in our rotation to by the time he got injured late in that season, already being annoyed at the Brewers' ace of the future. Um, I don't think he was quite that, but I think he probably, you know, if he didn't get injured, would have solidified at least as a really solid number three starter going forward, if not better. And since the injury, he didn't bounce back correctly, and I got non-tendered and still unsigned. Um, I, it just – doesn't wouldn't you have rather you know someone who has already shown success with the Brewers and you know kind of deserved see the nature of the injury and I think like another shot with the Brewers wouldn't you have rather brought Jimmy Nelson back or just tendered him a contract which would have been less than four million a year rather than sign someone like Brett Anderson to a one-year deal it just to me that just bothers me I guess what are your thoughts on that I don't know. They must see something in Brett Anderson where they think like, well, he can be pretty much um, exactly what, you know, Wade Miley was to us before or um, any number of, I guess, players that, that stepped in and filled that role. I, I know that Brett Anderson, when healthy, has had a, a pretty solid career, although um, I believe his best years were usually in Oakland. That helps him a little bit um, with that park, I guess. But um, it's funny you mentioned that because we did do a Twitter poll today where, um, as you pointed out, most of the, the Brewers' starting rotation of our, our deep 2018 playoff run is still on the free agent market, and they could all be had for pretty cheap, actually. Um, so which former Left Brewers starter? A year, I assume. Oh, yeah, probably all of them. Um, so which one would you prefer to sign – uh, for this 2020 team. And I, I will say this, like if, if it's um, like a minor league option also, like whatever it is, like assume that that's also on the table, I suppose. But um, yeah, so we had Chessine and Jimmy Nelson and Wade Miley and Gio Gonzalez. So um, I'll, we'll talk about it and then we'll talk about what the fans think. Well, out of that group, I would pick Jimmy Nelson because I think that he, I mean, he was on the cusp of a lot of success at like his age. I think he's over thirty now. Um, in fact, I think he's thirty-three. But you know, in that in that breakout year when he was thirty-one, he pitched very well for the Brewers. And I really thought, you know, he was striking out more than a batter at inning. He was pitching phenomenally, and all of a sudden it just came to a crashing halt. And he hasn't been able to bounce back to show that for himself. But I still believe that that's in him. And I mean. Okay, so that he'd be my candidate over other guys. Wade Miley, you know, he showed a little bit of success for Houston last year in the Astros, but he ended up, you know, getting ousted even from the rotation. So he'd be out of my mind. Um, Chassine, again, he got, went over the sign with the Red Sox, didn't have any signs of success there really either. So no on him. Joe Gonzalez is like a cagey veteran, but his best days are definitely in the past, and he's up there in age. I, I mean, uh, he just doesn't excite me either. 
Uh, I do like him more than Roy Anderson, but uh, with that being said, um, the answer, my answer to your poll is I'd rather bring back Jimmy Nelson out of that grouping, but obviously we're not going to be bringing back any of them. Yeah, I guess um, it, Miley, I suppose, makes the most sense, I guess. But um, if if you could get Jimmy Nelson back on a on a minor league deal or or even uh, Chassine for that matter, I think that both of those uh, both of those are the most likely uh, to really turn it around, I suppose. But I don't know. It's tough. It, it's just amazing to me how far, like how far we got in that run and and here we are like i mean they're all in the free market just, you could have the whole short years ago yeah and a couple of member other members of that rotation are long no longer even with a team two years later so our entire rotation is gone pretty much i mean because you're talking about chase anderson and zach davies as members of that rotation too and they're no longer around so you're talking with a completely fresh new start two years after we made the seventh game of the NLCS. It's kind of amazing, but it might also show the Brewers hand that moving forward, that they are comfortable identifying cheap guys that can go about five innings uh, a couple times their lineup and then turning over their bullpen. And that might be their new MO moving forward. And it doesn't even matter who the guys are, you know? So, but I think coupled with that, they really need to, to make this model work. They need to have success drafting, developing their own pitchers, and that's why I think they're not totally giving up. I mean, they had great success with Wood, with uh, Woodruff, obviously, and I think that they're not totally giving up on uh, Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns and that they'll have some shots with the rotation this, this year, too. So, who knows? Um, maybe some of these guys, like Brett Anderson, are actually just depth signings, and they really only want them there in, like, a long-release swingman role in case these guys completely falter. You know, it's not bad to have a veteran like that in that instance, but we'll see. Um, yeah, that's what I'm so talking like, about. That's our positive attitude. Now it's like, hey, we can, uh, you know, we're just, uh, we see a couple uh, deals or whatever. We're far from uh, filling out this uh, this team yet. So, you know, why not? Like, let's get a couple people on deals. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I just hope Stearns is doing something. I know he values bats a lot more than arms, and I, I totally get that. They play every day, like, makes a lot of sense but um i i just hope that something happens where either we can if it means like picking up a guy that's like uh, there's not a lot in free agency that's why we're starting to get nervous i guess because there's there's just not a heck of a lot that's going to wow you in free agency for first or third base but um who knows maybe it'll be a platoon maybe it'll be a trade like it will take out some extra salary like i don't know well, at this point, uh, before we talk about possibly trading, um, assuming some of those holes in our lamp will be filled via free agency still, um, answer this question, Scott. Okay, let's start off by saying, assuming we, will, we won't be the highest bidders on Josh Johnson and we won't be signing Ryu or Keiko, name one remaining free, free agent that you would like the Brewers to sign most. Um. I think actually I probably would have said Bumgarner a couple of days ago, but no, yeah. but Scott's off the table. I, I would have said I would have said that to you actually. I do not want Julio Tehran. I um I w- I would put in some money. I would try to keep it a short deal, but I would overpay per year and try to get like Ryu. I think yeah. Uh, I think Scott. I just the the. No, the that's what I want is, though. <laughs> You can't pick Ryu, Ryu, Keiko. Pick one free agent. You get to pick any free agent the Brewers can sign. Just pick them. Brewers will sign them. Not not Dalton, not Ryu, and not Keiko. Just go. Pick one guy you want. Hmm. I don't know. Let me think about it. All right. Well, this is we'll we'll give you the rest podcast and answer. But this is illustrating my point is that there isn't any besides those guys. There's no one else left that's even worth putting money into. So this, this leaves the Brewers roster highly questionable on talent moving into 2020, unless there's some type of a trade. Now, there's going to be some guys available, like possibly a Robbie Ray available via trade, but the Brewers already have a bottom five farm system going into 2020. And in order for us to be successful with possible postseason runs in the next three years, we're going to need some bullets in the old chamber, so to speak, 
to make those July deadline trades to stay competitive. Um, so I don't think it's wise for us to trade um, from our farm system to bring in, you know, someone like that. Um, and so it really leads me to believe that we will somehow, you know, sign some of these inexpensive guys or less talented guys and fill in some of our holes and see where we're at. So that's what I think will happen. Now, one rumor is out there is that uh, with some, you know, substantiation to it is that Ryan Braun most likely could be moved to first for a lot of starts, um, especially against left-handers. And therefore the Brewers might only be looking for a left-handed platoon partner at first base with Braun. Um, and then of course a third baseman. So with that being said, that opens up some starts in left field or whatever, you know, the outfield Braun would vacate. And so, it seemed like the Brewers might be on the cusp of having some interest in some corner outfield guys that are still on the market. And some of the rumors out there are and by the time this actually hits the airways, we could already have that person in tow, but the heaviest rumor was Avisel Garcia from the Rays, right-handed batter and uh, left-handed batting power hitter. Also Cole Calhoun, formerly of the angels. It's a very good possibility that Brewers will land one of those guys or possibly somewhere outfielder, let's say like a Corey Dickerson left-handed hitter also to have to take some of those at-bats uh, in the outfield as well. Um, do any of those guys strike any fancy to you? Um, Corey Dickerson, I, I, I thought was going to uh, be a really, really good player, and I might have been wrong on that one. I may have overshot it a little bit, but um, probably over him, uh, Nick Castellanos, uh, why not? Like, I think that would make a, a little bit of sense his bat would play really well at Miller Park, so be exciting. Plus, you get to steal one from an NL Central opponent. Yeah, and I don't think he'll resign with the Cubs. So I'm not fearful of that, but I, I think he might just be a little bit more pricey than the, and command a number of years, at least a couple of years uh, deal. I bet he would possibly even get a three- or four-year contract, Castellano. So I have a feeling the Brewers will shy away from him because of that. Whereas Garcia or Calhoun could probably be had on a one-year deal, and they maybe and even Dickerson, and they may be some of the best corner outfielders left that would be willing to be had at a one-year deal. So we'll see if any of those names come into play here coming forward. I personally do not like Abisal Garcia for many reasons, including the fact that he, Scott, let me say, allegedly slept with uh, <laughs> Prince Fielder's wife. Uh, and then got traded when his teammates find out about it. The next day he got traded. So it's not someone I want to bring in the clubhouse. Uh, I'm not necessarily someone who, uh, you know, has to require big moral standing from players. But I don't know. Sleeping with teammates' wives is kind of crossing the line of uh, clubhouse etiquette, in my opinion. Um, so anyway, probably not him, but it's very good possibility he's already a brewer by the time we're listening to this, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I do Cal, – Cal Calhoun, uh, not a huge fan of his. I, I, those guys are kind of like Dickerson the best. Who knows if, you know, it's not some guy even off this radar that the Brewers are looking at. Um, and it could even be one of the retreads. Like, it wouldn't surprise me at this point if Ames or Shaw come back to the Brewers on a very small deal to either platoon at first or third as left-handed hitters Yeah, at this def- point. Definitely a possibility. Um, actually, the things I wanted to say, I think, were um, one, that I think that um, you could definitely get past some of that crazy clubhouse, um, I guess, theatrics is the best way to put it. Um, because, like I said uh, in our pre-production meeting, like, I mean, that happened in the movie Major League. Uh, Ricky Vaughn slept with Doran's wife. And, and Doran just, you know, he, um, he punched him in the post-game celebration, but then he helped him up. And so... Uh, maybe that's all it's going to take to maybe, um, yeah, maybe Braun or Council will have to punch him and then it'll be like, okay, now you're a teammate. But um, also, I, I guess we're mentioning all these free agents. And like, I know, like we hear like Rendon's deal, we hear Strasburg's deal. We're like, oh, I wish the Brewers would have gotten into that. Absolutely not. There's no way, no shape, no form. But recently, like the last couple of deals, like Baumgartner's deal, we could have done that. I, I doubt he would have wanted to come here, but that's a deal I would like to see the Brewers do. Tanner Rourke, like, um, I think he only got, like, 
forget what he got, but I remember two years, the deal. twenty-four million. Yeah, two years, million twenty-four million. And not a big contract. Like I would have been totally down with that. Actually, um, the trading for Corey Kluber, like he didn't really, they didn't really get much. The Indians, in my opinion, so. I mean, I don't know that we have much left in the farm system to get that done, but I'd like to think that we could have. So, I mean, that's a great point. I, I forgot to mention Kluber. That actually really bothered me. The Brewers were in on that. I think most of our teams might have been bothered by the little return the Indians got for Kluber. Um, again, he's a little expensive, nearly $18 million just for this year. I think he's got a club option beyond that, which is kind of nice, actually, since it is a club option um, for 2021. But, uh, I thought that would have been a per- he, he would have been a perfect candidate to be this year's uh, Grandal or whatnot. You know what I mean? Like we have him in the front of rotation, and we don't have to give up much to get him. And if he does well, awesome. Then uh, you could possibly you know ride him into the playoffs, or if we're not contending, then trade him off for prospects uh, that you might lost acquiring him at the deadline. Yeah. And there you go. Um, if he's injured, well, then you lost eighteen million dollars. But it's a it's a chance that you know you could, have, and then you decline the option, obviously. But um, to me, with the amount of payroll that we have, nearly fifty million dollars less than last year, as it stands right now, that would have been a, to me a wise place to spend the money because he's got a track record of success and you know one Cy Young Award and everything. So I was baffled that that trade went down and why the Brewers weren't in on it because I don't know he really could have made a difference, but uh, yeah, that we're, is, we're at where we're at. So, I mean, like right now, like fan sentiment, I, I just think is probably the lowest it's been in like the last two years. Like, I mean, I, I just don't see that this team is built to make the playoffs much less like make a run. And I, I think that's where it's frustrating. But again, we just have to like, um, you know, we just have to be patient and just think like, hey, we're still uh, per Vince about 100 days away from opening day because he posted every day on our Twitter at Recruiter One. I may as well throw that out there too. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> we got time. Or that's, wait, is that until opening day or is that until pitchers and catchers report? Damn it. I should read. I think it's that's opening day. Sense. I think it's opening, yeah, opening day. day. I'm trying to do math on the fly. It's not working very well. I'm like, wait, what month is opening it? Opening day, yep. Late March this year, opening day. But, yeah, I mean, we've lost a lot of talent, and people are like, oh, it's still early in the offseason. Well, if you look at the free agent list, there's really not that much talent out there, and obviously we could swing trades or whatnot. But um, what are your thoughts? So, the Brewers could, since we didn't do a trade like Canable, I'm sorry, not Canable, like uh, Corey Kubler, uh, there is something to be said. What are your thoughts on? quote-unquote, buying a prospect by taking on someone's unwanted contract. There's a couple of them floating out there that are kind of positions of need. Uh, let's throw out there um, um, Jay Happ of the Yankees. Since they signed Cole, they obviously don't need him. He's, I think, making $17 million this year. We could probably get either a quality major league player or, or top prospect ta- attached to his contract when we took that on. I don't know what your thoughts about that. Or even a guy – David Price is being shopped. He's only owed three more years at like, I think thirty million, thirty-two million a year, which is ridiculous. But I mean, if Boston moves them, they probably might attach prospect and eat half that money, or close to a third of it, or at least, uh, in order to move them. Um, I don't know if that entices you. Or on the flip side of that, someone like you know Will Myers. I know on the um, Padres. I mean, he's still three years, sixty million or something like that. And we could probably get a prospect for him, and he could play first base and outfield for us. I don't know what your thoughts are. I don't feel like that. If could the Brewers use their, their open payroll, so to speak, creatively to actually kind of buy a prospect, so to speak? Yeah, we can definitely do that. Um, it's 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 probably a good idea. It just the thought of it for some reason kind of disgusts me a little bit because it's sort of a bailout, like. It's not like, I, I, I get it. It helps us rebuild, you know, our farm system, which is in real rough shape right now. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I just look at it and I'm like, no, I don't want to bail out a big market, you know, and take on their mistake or like even, um, uh, even the Padres, you know, obviously not a big market, but I'm like, I don't want 
to be like, oh yeah, we'll um, yeah, we'll bail you guys out for giving that ridiculous contract out. Like, the, it, there's something about it that just seems inherently wrong. But I get it. If there's a market deficiency there, and you can you can rebuild with it, and if you have the low payroll, then yes, it makes sense to do it. Uh, as much as I hate it, uh, I did want to also briefly toss out that um, when it comes to making trades, like to actually acquire talent. There's not a heck of a lot left in our farm system um, or I guess in our, in our actual roster. But the one person that was floated out there recently by Stearns was that he would listen to offers on Josh Hader. Um, Hader is for the first time getting paid now that um, thanks to the whole Super 2 thing. So he's going to have a, a, an actual salary now, which is good for him. But um, believe it or not, 43% of us uh, of us Brewer fans, according to this poll, said that Hayner would be traded before opening day. Um, I don't think it will happen, but I wanted to hear your take on, I guess, both of those topics. Great question, Scott. I don't think Hayner will be traded just because I think I mentioned this on the last podcast that I was on, that I think when the Brewers floated that, I think they just wanted to gauge the market on them, see what teams are willing to give up, and Again, if they fall out of contention or whatnot, they can circle back to these teams in July and say, hey, so interested in Hader because now we're willing to move them. You know, right. we're not contending. You know, we need to get something. Well, it's so afford them and whatever. And so I think that was what it is. However, I think they're flexible. I, I think if they floated him out there and some teams like, you know what, this guy's available and he could really help us get us over the top and into the playoffs and deep into it, let's give up what we need i mean a team like the dodgers who have all the money in the world and they keep getting shut out of free agent after free agent but they're probably getting their fans must be getting frustrated i mean they're even rumored on Bumgarner, stealing them from their division yeah. rival and that didn't happen so um you know i could see a team like that saying you know we'll always have top prospects and if we make holes in our farm system we can just cover it with money so let's go ahead and get the hater and win the world series you know we haven't won it since 88 or whatever so I can see that happening. So if they come with an offer you, you can't refuse, then you probably got to accept that. But I think that that's got like a 10% chance of happening. So my take on it, there's a 90% chance Josh Hader's a brewer going into 2020. But that being said, I get that the fact that lead pitchers are normally pretty fickle from year to year. And they could, you know, there were some chinks in uh, Hader's armor last year. He started getting very homer um prone so to speak and he was elevating his fastballs and 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 uh, you know people are making adjustments and starting to see had the pitch come out of his hands a little bit better and there you know he blew i think seven saves last year which is kind of even though he was one of the top relievers in baseball he strikes out almost every battery faces but he did blow seven saves which makes him more of just an average closer um so if that trend continues the brewers not only will he be expensive but all of a sudden he's gonna he would tend to not be as good. Well then his 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 I guess market value could crash pretty quickly. And I yeah. think the brewers are smart to identify that that's a possibility going forward. There's also the risk of injury. So if you get an offer that makes a ton of sense for organization future, you gotta take it. So it, I think it's smart for them to float that, it, that he's available on trade. But I do believe that no one's gonna meet the asking price. Yeah, that's pretty much what I expect, too. I mean, unless somebody just threw out some absolutely ridiculous offer or um, something like that. But I, I did want to touch on it because uh, when we talk about, like, oh, well, we're going to trade, like, the only way that we can actually do it is, is, like you said, trade. Basically, we'd have to trade for somebody with a bloated contract that isn't living up to it and um, because we just don't have a lot to offer. Unless we're going to offer, like, a piece like Josh Hader or Keston here or something like that. But to me, that's like taking a huge step back. I mean, Keston here is wildly valuable to us because, uh, well, not only because uh, his bat's phenomenal for a second baseman, if he can stick there over his career, but because we have him for what, six more years or whatever it is. So I mean, that controllable talent's phenomenal for us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, 
you really can't entertain, you know, those guys don't get traded very often on any team, let alone a small market team. And there's a reason for that. I mean, they're just too valuable for what they can offer. And unlike a, a picture, a pitcher that comes up um, with seeming, you know, full of potential, like, you know, Fred Brault or Carbon Burns, they're much more volatile. And sometimes it takes those guys up until they're almost 30 years old to really become the best pitcher they are. So, in, in a lot of ways, for hitters can be successful just right out of minor, minor leagues, like Braun was, like Hira was, and seems like he will be. And so starting pitchers don't usually have that luxury. And that's why, um, yeah, so I think Hira is definitely staying a brewer. And so people can be rest assured that going forward. Um, one oh. other thing I wanted to get to. Oh, Craig, I got to interrupt you for one second. I'm so sorry. Like I, I said earlier that we were going to say, um, I was going to talk about like which former brewer and um, then like talk about what the fans thought. Like I didn't even reveal it. So 64% would bring back Wade Miley. He's, he's running away with this one. Um, and then 18% Gio Gonzalez, 16% for Jimmy Nelson, only 2% for uh, Jaleesh Chassin. Like obviously, um, you know, maybe short-term memory there is kind of maybe making it that people don't want to vote for him. But this is a guy who's had a decent career. Like, um, I, was <laughs> was to see not our game seven at Miller Park starter of the NLCS less than two or just two years ago, just over two years ago, and now he's getting two percent vote at, on a just a this list of guys that we don't even want back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a fall from year, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't disagree with our voters. I guess I'm kind of surprised Nelson isn't higher than, especially higher than Gio. I mean, but uh, even higher than Miley, like I said, I would take Nelson, but again, I guess I'm someone who believes in this upside still, uh, you know, and that, to me, those other guys haven't ever shown top of rotation stuff. And I know Wade Miley was great for the Brewers, just like Lyle was last year. But I still believe that was some kind of strange smoke and mirrors thing. And I don't know if he can replicate it. I wouldn't want to even attempt to try it. So yeah. that's interesting poll, though, for sure. Um, yeah. One other thing that I was going to oh, quick other, get to. The other poll I wanted to tell you. Um, the other poll I wanted to tell you quick was um, – which of the remaining free start uh, free agent starting pitchers would you want uh, the Brewers to go after? Uh, just to put a button on this, I guess, because we, we had talked about it for a while. Um, 37% uh, say Ryu, and, and that's the leader right now. Um, shockingly, Dallas Keuchel is right behind him at 36%. Uh, then Julio Tehran at 18%, and then Aaron Sanchez at 8%. A um, couple write-ins for... Um, Tuan Walker and Alex Wood, but uh, I'm very surprised. I, I don't want anything to do with Dallas Keuchel or Julio Tehran. I mean, Tehran is uh, – he's just so frustrating because the guy will go out and he'll give you seven innings, ten strikeouts, two hits, like a shutout ball. And then he'll go out the next day and get – he won't make it out of the secondary. Like, so I, I just – I don't want any part of him. Keuchel, I think, is super overrated, so – I don't know. But that's well, what you should have put on the poll, Scott, is which one will the Brewers still sign? And the answer that would have been none of the above will be the answer because we're not signing any of those guys. We're running with Lindblom and Anderson and the young guys that we already had at tow, and we'll see how the 2020 rotation plays out. So, anyway, before we wrap up this podcast, I did want to get in this uh, tidbit, which I'm not sure if you want me to get it in unless you, you got any more polls, Scott. Uh, okay, wait. Here's a poll. Does does Scott derail every single one of these episodes by going back and forth between topics without finishing them in a timely manner? That that's not an actual poll, but um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, did we say that Ted Simmons made the haul? Did we talk about that? I totally forgot. Um, let's talk about that with Vince back because I know he's a big fan of the Hall of Fame and whatnot. Okay. So let's we'll talk about that. Well next time uh but yeah congratulations to ted simmons former brewer who has made the hall hall of fame we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more but what i was going to quick mention just as a tidbit the brewers did not select anyone in the winter meetings rule five draft and they also did not lose any major league uh players on their 40-man roster 
everyone thought Zach Brown might be picked, but he was not, so he's still in the organization. And so I throw that out there as a little bit newsworthy. Um, I was a little bit surprised when I thought the Brewers, with their first and third base opening, could select a person, but they did not. They did not select the players, so not going to spend too much time on that, but apparently that's not was not in the cards, even with our open roster spots. So We lost um, like four guys in the minors too, didn't we? Uh, yeah. None but of them to me, they were all Brown, fairly yeah. insignificant. And the, the minor league phase of that is usually not too earth-shattering newsworthy. So, but we'll see. So, uh, all right, Scott, well, that pretty much wraps it up for this podcast. Um, I don't know if you want to give a plug to your interns or talk about all of our special online dealings with our Twitter and all that good stuff. Oh, hey, guess what? This is awesome. Um, we were just talking about uh, Abizale Garcia. It is official. Uh, this is going to be breaking. Brewers mm-hmm. agree. Two years, $20 million. Um, so maybe a little bit more than I expected, but at least it's at least we're rounding out that infield now finally. So uh, we'll get to post this and uh, add that to the topic. Um, but, yeah, looks like. That is an official signing. We've been talking about it for the last couple of days now. It's been rumored, and now it's official. Great, Scott. Thank you for ruining my day. I appreciate that. Sorry about that. Don't blame me. Blame MLB for giving me that tweet. <laughs> All right. Go Brewers. <laughs> so, I don't know. Do, I, do, should we do it? Well, I don't know. We're not going to talk for like another week now. Do you want to talk a couple minutes on him? And I mean, I know we no. talked about his character issues, but no, I'm done. I'm out, Scott. <laughs> we can just say it here. Let's at least do this. Like, we'll at least talk about what he did last no. year. Uh, you go ahead and wrap up the podcast, Scott. Yeah, I'm but done. the, the we'll fans. See you guys next time. Go Brewers. The, the fans want to know this stuff, Craig. Bill. he was. Uh, Last year he had uh, 489 at bats and uh, had 20 home runs for the uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays last year. So uh, definitely hoping that he'll be able to play in the outfield. Like assuming that he will be playing right, but hard to say for sure. Um, 282 batting average and his OPS was uh, right around 800. So uh, decent hitter that's still on the younger side. So there is still some upside there. Um, In fact, let's see. Yeah, I mean, he's only 28 right now. So this is sort of like your prime. So hopefully he'll be able to improve on those numbers even a little bit, but that at least uh, improves the middle of our order slightly. Um, Craig, are you still here? No, he made a rage quit the podcast. Well, um, I'm not sure that we're going to do another episode uh, before the holidays. So I wish everyone uh, a happy holiday and thank everyone for listening. Uh, If you enjoyed this or even parts of it, please tell a friend and have them listen because um, uh, we could definitely use it. Um, We obviously look entirely through um, word of mouth and, and hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Tell your friends and hopefully they'll be able to listen too. We're extremely active on Twitter. So um, if you have any questions or anything like that, uh, feel free to uh, uh, follow us, send us messages, do whatever you want to do. Um, appreciate everything that you do for this great Brewer franchise and community. Thank you again. Stay classy and go Brewers! Da-na-na-na.